Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Movie Season. Today we are going to be continuing our Sports Month, and today we're going to be doing something pretty cool. We're going to be doing our Sports Villains Draft. So we are going to be drafting villains from our favorite sports movies, and then we're going to leave it to y'all to vote on who had the best draft. So joining me today will be uh, Michael Lusto, who will have the first pick. What's I will up, have folks? the second pick. Justin, my brother, will have the third pick. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. He's trying not to touch the microphone in a way to where it doesn't. So look like a stand-up comic from the '90s. It looks weird. And then we also have a special guest. The Field of Screens podcast couldn't join us because uh, of time difference differential, but they sent me their cheat sheet. So I'm going to be making the picks for them. They gave me their blessing to do so. So, all right. So Lusto, you had the first pick. So let me go over real quick. So this will be four rounds. So we'll each have a team of four at the end of it. This can be a team, a full team, or it can be an individual person. So, um, so what are we, like, what are are we, what are, yeah, I guess what is our, what is our end goal here as far as picking the team? Like the most evil, like you just want to have the best, the way I look at it is you want to have the best team that like when people look at it, they're like, Oh, that's the best group of villains you know it's sure. not necessarily evil because some of right. these aren't evil they're gonna be silly so like the most you know, iconic right the most iconic sports villains right right okay that's what i would try to go for so uh so lesto are you ready with your pick uh absolutely all right hold on <laughs> all right go ahead uh he's not a machine well he is a machine uh no, sorry, I screwed up the quote. Never mind. Uh, Ivan Drago, please. Oh, okay. The uh, the Russian Rocky, Ra- dies, Rocky Force. Yeah. So I, why did I, you uh, why did you decide on on Ivan Drago as your well? First pick? I mean, you know, I, when when you think of iconic sports villains, uh, now granted it's a little bit older, but I mean, the dude was like seven feet tall and completely physically dominated. So that's just shredded from head to toe. Yeah, exactly. Just a specimen, an absolute specimen. Um, and just I don't know I don't know that it gets more iconic. Um, you know, there's 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 funny lines, funny memes, um, and he's just like I said, he's a physical, intimidating presence. And the scenes of him just them just injecting him with thousands of CCs. Well, of yeah, and horse, you know, I mean, you, you gotta know, love steroids. you gotta love the '80s sensibilities where they show like the you know the the quote unquote technology of the time and and how you oh know, yeah they were, they were kind of using all of the the most uh cutting edge technology uh while uh you know rocky was using timber and axes and running in the snow so you know i, I think it just uh you know it's the 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 modern take on david versus goliath and and if anybody's going to be goliath it's going to be ivan drago and right. i like how rocky in that movie uh to get trained for the biggest fight of his life where he could get killed was just doing house chores. Yeah, he's right. basically just right. moving shit. He was just farming, yeah. right? Cutting like logs. I'm going to go to I'm going to go to I'm going to do an internship on a farm in Russia. Let's yeah. let's do and that. And then also and then also the fact that he um I don't think there's ever been a movie since then that's had more musical montages than that. Like they uh, went overboard they, on They that went one. they went they went all in on the montage and they're honestly they're two of the greatest ones that there have been then and since. Um you know, I mean Yeah, I'm not complaining. Yeah, I feel I like I feel it. like I feel like everybody you know everybody talks about Hearts on Fire 
but I feel like no easy way out is uh that's the best one man that's the best one I think I feel like it's super underrated I mean he's in his he's in his whatever car that is he shifts into 37th gear at one point um you know it's uh it's a fantastic montage is that a is that a um you know whatever you'd want to call is that him running from his problem that's the way i looked at it. he got in that car he was driving away from his problems Dude, he's actually running from problems later on when the, <laughs> literally he, running he from problems the russians <laughs> in the snow yeah some country road yeah uh, no, great, he was pick, definitely, great he, pick he was definitely running from his problems and his wife which yes could be a problem <laughs> she was yeah she was she a was problem being a bit <laughs> should he have thrown in the towel earlier no no, I mean, I think it was no matter what. I mean, that's how that's how uh, Apollo wanted to go out. You know, uh, that's whether true. He, whether he whether he said it out loud or not. That's that's pretty much exactly what Apollo wanted. That's yep. true. All right, so the second pick, it'll be my turn. So the the pick is in. So wow, okay. Can I hear right. the cue? I don't know how long we'll do. Let's this. just go first round with but, that. Yeah, we might do. Yeah, we might just do the first or second, first two rounds. All right. So I was assuming that this. I'm kind of in a predicament because I have two, who I think are like a one A and one B. Um, and I figured one of these would have been your pick, but I'm gonna have to go with Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. He's very high in my um, list. I have an, I have another one that was really close to him, but. Just overall, man, the fact that he bought Happy Gilmore's grandma's house and then, you know, just so he can burn it. Mess with him, right. Just, right. Just to, and, just to, I mean, that's just next level. Just to get in uh, Happy's head, right? Villainy. Just to just to undermine his confidence and, and because he, and, and you know, the, the root of it is the fact that he knew that Happy was a threat, right? Right. So. I, 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 think, I think my favorite uh, thing about that is, he he has a um, so Christopher McDonald, the actor that plays him, has there's been a Shooter McGavin profile on Twitter for years, but everybody assumed that it was just a parody account for the longest time. And then one day, he actually showed a picture of him on the account, like he's <laughs> the one that's been running the account the the whole time. So that's, it just makes it that amazing. much better. Oh yeah, that's pretty amazing. But, but um. But yeah, the other guy, I'm hoping I don't I don't think he'll make it back to me, but uh but yeah, shooter, you can't go wrong. Um he's just uh he's he's that guy that tries to have like the cool one liners, but they always backfire, you know, like you eat the, pieces of shit, shit for like, breakfast? Yeah, just you know, and he's just <laughs> and it's one of those things where like if he was a real sports figure, you would hate him even more oh, if yeah. he was really on the Well, tour. and he was just, and, you know, and, and Christopher McDonald did a great job of playing like a really smarmy like, you know, I know I'm good. I'm going to be a dick about it. Like, I'm, right. good at, I'm good at golf. I'm just not good at the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm telling you, I don't think we give him enough credit. Like, that. that is a – like, that's an Adam Sandler movie, no question. But I'm telling you, man, Shooter's got the best lines in that whole movie. Oh, he's, like, he's, he's yeah, he, like, he steals he steals the show every scene he's He in. does, man. And he's so good in it. And, like, I, I, just, I just love – my favorite part is when he's like, oh, my God. You know, it's like, yeah, it's like, hey, shooter, you get your nine iron. You know, it's just like I just love how insecure shooter is. He, yeah. he plays such a confident guy right. when he's but like, all, but it's all bravado. Been, he's such yeah. an insecure guy. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's shooter's turn. It's, it's, it's shooter's time. He stole he's, the jacket yeah. at the end. What, what, what was the end game for that? Yeah, I believe that's Mr. Gilbert's. You know, 
All right, so uh, so Justin, you are up next. Do you man? Do you know who you're going with? Yeah, and I'm I'm shocked that he's here. I thought. All right, hold you... on, hold on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a trade. Yeah, I was like, that was the first thing that Adam Shifter just tweeted out. Yeah, um, I'm shocked he's here. I just knew you were going to take him, but you didn't. So I'm going to take him. Damn it. I feel like I'm getting an absolute steal at number three. Ernie McCracken, baby. Love it. Listen. Love it. That, listen. Was, my, that was my one at one B. There has never been, when you watch this movie, all right, and Chris got me on Kingpin. He, he you know, he. that's why I'm shocked he didn't take it. But Ernie, I've never seen a character have such a presence. Bill Murray makes him such a presence. He's not even in the movie for All that much. Long, no. But, He's but you're only thinking about him the entire time. That is the great sign of an incredible villain yep. is that you think about him the entire time. And let's just go through real quick. He gets Munson's hand. I mean, he just gets, I mean, he's like, we got to go face the music. And then he just lets him yeah. take the fall. The best, the best thing about McCracken, man, is I think probably my favorite scene is the first time you see him where he is going against Munson. But if it's the first time you're seeing it, you don't know that he's, he is, uh, he's like commentating and he's talking about how much pressure is on Munson and all this. And Munson turns around and is like, hey, man, I wasn't talking when you were going. He's like, oh, you know. And then as soon as Munson's like in his backswing or whatever, or, uh, I don't even know what you call it. But uh, wind he, up. Goes, uh, he goes, good luck. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. like a perfect dick move. And, yeah. and uh, then as soon as Munson hits the strike and he wins, dude, just the look on Bill Murray's face of just, just like he just like ducks his head and starts throwing his shit back in his bag. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. And just the unraveling. I mean, there's nobody who could do it better. The unraveling yeah. of Ernie at the end of the movie. I oh, mean, yeah. just, apart. it's just yeah. incredible, man. And like I said, that, that movie is just such a cult classic, but Bill Murray just makes that character. There's not many actors that can take a character and just make him that memorable. If I had to guess, he probably has what, like 20 minutes screen time max. And yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I, just, I'd probably say about 20. Minutes. And, and those are the moments. And again, the movie's great all the way through, but those are the moments you really, you know, yeah, see it. it. It's just like shooter. Like the moments that he's in it are the he best. The and scene, the best right. thing. And the best, he's the opposite of shooter. Like shooter was out to kind of, he was worried about happy. So he was out to like, uh, Ernie was just kind of that's who he was and like right. he didn't really care it's funny because you think like this isn't the first time he's done this to a bowler oh, somewhere yeah. like it's yeah. just part of his lifestyle you know it wasn't right. really even a personal vendetta against Munson well and he's also got that thing where he's just uh, you everybody knows he's a piece of shit but Everybody just, else sees him ex- as like this great guy. <laughs> right. yeah. those commercials. Yeah, he's, he's like taking in underprivileged kids, and they've all got like tens for moms, you know. <laughs> but the best part, I think we can agree, is when he shakes Ernie's hand, takes it off. He's like, oh, <laughs> oh, he, oh. It back to him. <laughs> yeah, he throws it into the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just you know, it, it it's was just tough, incredible. man. I, I wanted to take my crown, but I feel like I got a great steal at three. So. Yeah. All right, so uh, so the Field of Screens is up next, and like I said, they sent me their list. So, yeah, we're, we're going to do this one more time. So, I really like that. I wish it wasn't so uh, – And is this a snake draft? Yeah, so I'm going to pick back-to-back. Back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, all right, so their first pick, and this is the they – they're actually going to get their number one guy wow. that, they, that they put on their list. They saw something in film room. Yeah, yep. so yep. they're going to take – John Kreese from Love Carter. it. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah, so I feel like and uh I'm sure this other guy that's on the list will um 
will get picked at some point. But I really feel like he is the vil- – a lot of people think Johnny's the main – I think Johnny's just a product of Crease. And this was before yeah. the show. People were kind of thinking that already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like that became such a talking point that that inspired the series. Probably. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you yeah. can almost kind of see, even even when you're first watching, you, after you've gotten a little bit older, you can kind of see, like, man, you know, like, Johnny's not that bad of a guy. He's just, you know, he's just surrounded by, you know, but assholes and, yeah. uh, you know, and a the- figure that's... You know, well, and they show you, know, you don't see it. You don't. See, I mean, you see it in Karate <laughs> Kid One, right? Just because you see Carice uh, kind of in, instigating things. But I really think what brings it home is the first scene of Karate Kid Two, right, where they're in the parking lot. And oh he, yeah, and he breaks Johnny's trophy, and he's like, you know, that's bullshit. Like you should have won. Yeah, like, like that. Well, that, and go ahead. Well, and it's just like it just you know shows the depths of kind of the the psychological hold he's had on these kids for as long as he did. Yeah. Right? And this was like, this is kind of the first thing or the first sign of them kind of rebelling. And it's all basically because of Daniel son and, and Miyagi and, and, you know, them showing that there's a better way. Right. Um, I'll, I'll save my other, cause it was, it was going to be about Johnny Lawrence and I'm sure he'll get picked at some point. So I'll bring it up then. But um, real quick, are we about to move on from crease? I just want to add no, one last thing. Go ahead. Okay. The thing that I love about, and again, we're, let's just talk about without the series, without number two, whatever. Like, let's just talk about that first movie because I feel like that's probably what the picks for is like the first, you know. I think the thing I love so much is that it's not this over the top character. It's, yeah. it's like, it's like you, you see guys like that who, mm-hmm. who maybe didn't make it when they were in karate or football or bat, yep. and they're just putting that anger onto the kids. Like, right. like, like you said, even as a kid, you, you're relating more to that story. But as you get older, you really start appreciating the message of it. And like yeah. that, that's not even far fetched to see that. Well, yeah, and, and it, he's it, another one. He's another one who's, you know, he's only in a handful of scenes in, in that first movie. Right. But yeah. his presence, yeah. his presence looms so large because you know he is who he is and he he does yeah. the things he and what does. a great name for a character yeah it is yeah. it's a very cool uh yeah intimidating name yeah. all right so um so they've got their number two and three still here i feel like number two is a i'm gonna put their number three because i kind of want to mix it up they've got a they've kind of got like a drama guy with crease so i'm gonna go with their number three guy here and that is white goodman from dodgeball <laughs> I mean, great. That's a guy who I could have, who I could have seen slip in the later rounds. Um, I'll just real quickly just say that Ben Stiller's another one of those guys that I think when he's playing a villain, he he's does it. Some of the best work so he's done is well, as a villain, and he's so over the top. But it's yet, yet it's not like it doesn't come off as corny, right? Like, yeah, yeah. he's he's such a like just a piece of shit, and it's just like the, you know. Because he's the owner of the gym, he gets away with it, and and the people around him are his staff, and he pays them, and you know that's it, right? Like yeah, and he makes several comments throughout, basically that you know, like look, we're just better than you, you know, like. And I love the fact that he was, you know, he was. He, here's another villain that's like insecure, so like right, he, he like makes up guy, for it in right. other ways. Yeah, having that bull by the horns painting, reading the dictionary upside down, having a you know a, a penis pump. Um, all these things, you know, but the best thing about it though, man, is he is a beast of a dodgeball yeah, player. He's, yep. he's so really I'm, good. I thought no, he, that like, he, he you know, backs that movie it up, right? He backs it up. Yeah. Yeah. Like he goes out there. I mean, it's just so great. Cause he's just dominating. He's even like getting onto the refs. Like, so yeah, I mean, that's definitely a character that, 
you know, again, we talk about when they're not on screen, you're like, what's he up to? Mm-hmm. He totally commands that whole movie. Yeah. I mean, oh, everybody's yeah. great yeah. in it, but he commands it. From and if you, and if you've ever yeah. played a social, a social sport as an adult, like you've definitely, like you, 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 uh, you mentioned him yelling at the refs. Like you definitely yeah. have played with guys like him in those leagues that, Oh yeah. And like intramurals, <laughs> like in yeah. college, it's, yeah, it's Take the same it way thing. Too I mean, seriously you, and yeah, you're just like, Bro, you know that like after this, we're all just gonna go hang out. Right, you know, we're all gonna we're all gonna go the get same drunk. bar. Yeah, it's we're all not, gonna get drunk. It's yeah, fine. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, all right, Justin. So you're what's you took Ernie McCracken in the first round. So who do you got? Yeah, in I the will, second, I'm gonna kind of make my team a little like you said. You gotta you gotta build up. You know, I feel like I got my star quarterback. Now right. I'm gonna get that that bruising running back right here. I'm gonna go with Clubber Lang, Rocky Three. Love it. I uh, I really thought about taking him round one, but I thought maybe he could slip to me in round two. Clubber Lang, real quickly, Ivan Drago's a beast. We all know that. He killed Apollo. Spoiler alert. The thing that Clubber Lang broke was, was Rocky, Rocky Spirit. Yep. And, he, and he killed Mick. He he, ba- he, right. he was totally responsible for it. Yeah. Because Mick was, te- you know, but I lo- I'm telling you, man, the more I watch Rocky Three, it's by far, look, I don't care what anybody says. To me, I'm always going to have this opinion. It's by far the best Rocky. I Ooh, love the story, see. how how you see Rocky go from the top back to the bottom and then Apollo helping him get back. I just think that's how great of a Clubber Lang brings Rocky and Apollo together and yep. forms one of the great bro ships so, of all the, time. One of the, one of the first bromances. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, now, just running. He, he was responsible for them running in the water oh, yeah. and running sprinting on the, sand. on the beach. Yep. Yep. No, yes. I, and I, and I, I love, I love Rocky three now and I can do, and if you guys are game for this, I can do a whole podcast on the Rocky series. Uh, dude, I always, we're doing our next I, one's going to be Rocky three. So, oh, um, dude, please let me, mind. please let me in. Um, no, I mean, uh, so I always tell people Rocky one, I think is the best film of the series. And then Rocky four is my favorite just because it's, um, you know, it's, it's just goofy by that point. It's goofy. It's, uh, it's super entertaining. Um, it's, it's almost, you know, almost making fun of itself. Um, but I do love Rocky three and you are absolutely right. Um, it is the movie that brought together Rocky and Apollo and, and basically made Rocky four possible. And yeah. without, and without joking, cause you know, we're having some fun here, but on a serious like movie note, I, I'm telling you, man, it still gives me goosebumps. The whole scene where Apollo is trying to get through to Rocky mm-hmm. because yep. Clubber has just broken this dude's spirit. Yep. He doesn't, he's afraid for the first time he's been beaten. You know, he's been beaten before, but this was different. He lost me. That whole stretch of the film is just so great. Still gives me goosebumps yeah. today, man. I mean, if you're in a down place, like that's a great motivating scene is just to see that. But I mean, like I said, Clubber, I mean, Mr. T, man, like he's actually really good in that. Like he does oh, it he's exactly. Great. He's great. He, he he plays the the that role so good. And it's not even like when you're watching it, you're not like, oh, that's Mr. T. You're like, that's Clubber Lane. Clubber and that's a yeah. testament to him. All right. So this is where I feel it gets a little tough because I feel like I feel like now it's kind of like personal preference. Like the first four guys, I think probably would have been on most people's list at the top. And I feel like Clubber Lang and White Goodman are also up there. But now it the list is getting a little thin. This yeah. is where championships are made. Absolutely, these right. So I got to start thinking about who I think can get back to me. Right, and, coming around because you know Lusto's gonna you know Lusto's gonna take two great. He's, yeah, you're mm. you're not really. Oh yeah, that's right. So I've only got to wait out two picks. Okay, yeah. I was thinking that I had to wait out more than that. All right, 
So my next pick, and th- this is where I have to think like Lusto. Like, <laughs> who is he going to take? You got to get inside of his mind like the. Set. I know, I know one person that won't be there, so I think I'm going to leave that guy for him. Um. All right, I'm going to go with this is a this is a child villain. Oh boy! Oh boy! From a one of my favorite sports movies growing up. Wow! Especially when I was a kid. Who is it? Spike from the oh. Giants. He's yep. a legit running back. Yeah. Yep. He. So the thing I love about Spike is that, and you could probably say Spike's dad as well, but Spike not only is intimidating me. I mean, he picks up a refrigerator on his back, but he intentionally hurts Junior yeah. and then taunts Icebox after it. Yep. And th- these kids are like 10. Yep. Th- think about the recruiting that O'Shea did. They <laughs> they had him on the roster. Yeah. But O'Shea thought more. He thought, hey, man, this guy's going to kill our locker room. I mean, but this dude would have, like, you know that's the that's the crazy thing when I rewatched the movie is that he was on his team. At that's first. my that might be my favorite part, man, is when he gets to the first practice of the little giants and he's sitting there and he's talking shit to all the his teammates, and he tells that one kid he goes, "And you fat lineman, <laughs> well, get out of Spike's way unless you want cleats up your fat back." Well, the best is he is he's just like, love, like, what love, he's like power eye, and I love how he refers to himself as Spike. You know, it's always a yeah, good thing. Yeah. Always, always a third a, person. Not always me, a, but yeah. Spike. It's, it's always a good thing when see, a lot of reversed himself as the third person. Yeah, and a lot of times we would be like, man, the dad's the real. The dad is tough. But Spike, man, something tells yeah, me he that he was running that household a yeah, little bit. Yeah. And uh, the thing that I liked, really liked about that movie in general, just to speak on that real quick, is the fact that what a great message of like, you know, they did kind of, they were all in there to have fun at first, you know, and then they kind of came together as a team, but like it took Spike to totally dismantle that locker room, totally go in there and obliterate them, get traded to the other team to, to finally, you know, start getting that team to come around. So again, we talk about villains who are making an impact on the whole movie. Spike Spike put all that in motion. Without Spike, they're not running the annexation of Puerto Rico. And and his dad, you know, you're raising a psychopath when you, Rub down their calves with uh, evaporated goat's milk. milk. Evaporated, evaporated milk. milk. Evaporated. Evaporated. That's right. That's right. All right. So, uh, Lusto, you got two back to back. So, who you got? All right. So, one's easy because I thought he was going to be gone already. Um, and for those of you who listen to the uh, the uh, uh, the high school movie podcast, this ties back. But I'm going to have to go with my man, the best worst coach of West Canaan, Bud Kilmer. Yeah. I knew I, that was the one I was saying. I, I knew he was. I knew you were going to take him on one of them. So yep. I was like, "All right." Now is this now is this the same character that I saw him in as Anaconda? Is <laughs> he pretty much the same dude? Well, because so I just want to do a podcast about his character in Anaconda. Yeah, for no. Hour. So what yeah. happened was, so what happened was, they're in the same universe. He gets, you know, he he has a mental breakdown. He he, you know, he leaves West Canaan, Texas, exiles himself to the Amazon. So right. Somehow ends up, you know, as a deckhand on this snake yeah. hunting boat, and then becomes it's a, becomes it's a sneaky kiss from Jennifer Lopez. It, right, becomes like the, the you know the the head honcho on the boat, probably you know by by sticking needles in their legs, um, you know, <laughs> roiding them up, and then yeah, uh, yeah becomes bec- and then we 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 find them you know five ten years later in Anaconda. Well, but just think about this though, 
this guy was so beloved before his downfall yeah. that they they built a statue yeah. out in front of the stadium. Right. Like I don't think I've ever seen that. And, and you're Do from you think, here, and you're from Texas. Yeah. Do you think that? Like, what what do you think makes him, like, we talk about, like, you know, the power of a villain. Like, what in, in y'all's opinion with a sports movie now that we're about to be in round three, what do you think is, like, the most vital thing? If you're making a sports movie villain in your movie and you're kind of having a movie, kind of like Varsity Blues, like, kind of more on the serious side a little bit, kind of good, but, like, you know, like, what makes it a, what makes it a memorable villain? Like, what's the number one trait you think he should have? Well, I think, I mean, I think with Bud Kilmer uh, specifically, right, it was, it was win at all costs, you know, these kids who are, I mean, they're kids, Right. His just total disregard for their health and their future and their safety. Yeah. Um, you know, even even someone as beloved as Lance. Right. I mean, Lance goes down and he's just, you know, he's a non-factor. He doesn't factor into Bud Kilmer's mind anymore. He's not he's not yeah. useful. I can't get anything from him. Right. Well, and the thing about that movie, too, that a lot of people that aren't around that. Um, that culture. Texas football culture. I mean, that, that is very real. Like the scenes where the, like the dads are all lined up and this is, you know, they're talking about when they played 20 years ago. And I mean, that, that hap that's like the most realistic part of that entire movie. Yeah. I love movies that explore that, like not letting go of the high school days. Friday Night Lights right. does right. that really, really well. well. Really well. And yeah. that's that. I agree with y'all on that with the villain. Like if you're going to have a great movie sports villain, you either got to go super over the top, like Ernie and, and, and White Goodman. Or you got to go where, especially if it's a coach, it's always got to be like you're seeing how he's treating the kids. I well, think that's the they, number one. Yeah, and they didn't look at, like the dads didn't look at Kilmer necessarily as a villain. They were like, oh, that yeah. guy, that, that guy made me who I am today. Right. You know, I right. mean, so it, it has to be kind of, like you said, it kind of either has to be on the ridiculous or, or it has to be somebody that you can be like, man, I had a coach just like that. Yeah, when I was yep. a kid, or I knew the coach of my school was just like that, and this and that, or I have a boss that's just you know, it's someone that you can relate to. So, um, all right, so round three kicking off, Lusto, who do you got with your third pick? <clears throat> um, so this is this is well, I I don't think it's a tough one. Um, so uh, I'm gonna go Team Iceland, uh, the Mighty Ducks. Damn it. You know, I, I, I had them. I had them on my round three. So yeah, forward, so, man. So and that's why I'm taking them here because I don't think they're going to be, or I don't think they would. Yeah, have they been. wouldn't have come back. Um, and I think, I think the next person I want to take will be if we do a round four. So, oh, um, Team Iceland. Just real quick, if I can speak on it, I think the thing I love so much about Mighty Ducks Two is Mighty Ducks One was great in its own right, but that was kind of about the team kind of coming together and like. You know, it, it was more about the team coming together than it was about beating the Hawks. Like, that was right. a big plot point. Mm -hmm. But it was more about, can Bombay reach the kids? Yeah. Two was all about, we got to beat Iceland. Right. Yeah. Like, the whole movie. And it was still about, like, coming together, like, having all these different people come together and form a great team. But Iceland, man, that is, like, that was so cool as a kid. Is like, you had this team out there. Business as usual. They're like a professional team out there. Well, just and like, people. well, and like, well, you, and know, just the, you got you got the coach with the slick back hair and the black suits. Yeah, like, I mean, like you said, they were business. I mean, they were basically Russia from Rocky Four, right? Like they were. Well, and you know, they were they yeah. were doing more. They were doing it better. They were doing it bigger. And with a, with a hint of possible steroid use. Correct. Yes. Right. You know, but that was always a cool thing when you were a kid. Is, is, I remember watching that movie and being like, dude, there's an Olympics for kids? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? I didn't even know about that. And this. then Bombay's losing himself this whole movie. Yeah, Bombay's yeah. losing himself. The yeah. one scene I remember from that movie more than any 
is the one where he is I can't remember who he's talking to, but he is pitching a commercial or something. No, it's he's he's talking to them about making a coach's shoe that they can market. And he's like, like, uh, what? Like a loafer? And he's like, yeah, I know. I think people would buy that. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. I I know for a fact I would not have been there when it came back. Yeah. But, um, all right. So let me look at my list real quick. And because of that movie, I always know now that Iceland is very nice and Greenland is filled with ice. Yep. Yep. I yeah, always think of the of the opposite. Right. Yeah. You know, well, Iceland doesn't have ice. Yeah. Right. And you would think by their names, right? But you know, they, exactly. They pulled, a, they pulled a fast one. And I've never even checked if that's true. I just assume that it was accurate, and I've lived that way. And since it, then. it is true. Yeah. I've, so I've never been to Greenland, okay. but I have been to Iceland. Oh, okay, cool. All right, I'm gonna go with. All right, this is a this is a guy that me and Justin just did a podcast over not too long ago. That actually kicked off our sports month, and it's from the movie Bloodsport, and that's yes. Chong Lee. So, if you're not familiar with Chong Lee, he cripples about 20 people in one tournament, kills a guy, speaks two lines of dialogue the entire movie. His his eyes tell the story. Yeah, yeah. and his pecs. He makes his pecs. Oh yeah, he makes his pecs bounce. All, but he also like like he takes obscene pleasure. In hurting people, yeah, like you oh, know, yeah. you know, we talked about what what makes a, a really good villain. He's both, right? He's serious and he's over the top, right? Because he takes yeah. an obscene pleasure in hurting and maiming people. Yeah, and he he cheats as well. Yep, you know, he's not but he's not too uh, high and mighty to not resort to cheating, which I always appreciate in a good villain. Yes, um, but I think the thing that makes him most formidable is the fact that he's so deep inside Jean-Claude Van Damme's head in that movie that Jean-Claude Van Damme is seeing him everywhere he looks. Mm-hmm. He's seeing yeah. him yeah. on the subway. He's seeing, you know, yeah. he's, ha- um, he's haunted. He's haunted by him for sure. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And I also need an enforcer for my team. I got spike, but he's a little young. So I need someone that if, you know, things really went down, right. You need a body to yep. hold it. So mm-hmm. I think Chung Lee is a, is a solid pick there. Love All right. It. So Justin, you're up. Hold this real quick. My headset came off for a second. Okay. Sorry, I thought I saw Chong Lee on a subway. And <laughs> freak, freaked out. It was just a, it was just an eighty-five-year-old Chinese woman. Yeah. Well, again, we talked about this in our Bloodsport podcast. Go check it out if you haven't. Um, Chong Lee is wearing a suit in that scene, and I love that because we've never seen him in a suit. Neither has he. Yeah, but he, he visualizes him. I love that. Um, I'm in a, I'm in a position here to where I have two that I love, but I'm trying to build a team that like, you know, is more like pop culturally relevant. Um, so I might save that for next round cause I think they'll be there. Um, man, this is tough, but I'm going to have to go with on this one, man, g- g- give me, give me, uh, just because I want to talk about somebody different, I, I I wanted to take Johnny Lawrence here. I'll just be honest, but I'll I'm gonna, him. but I'm gonna, but I want to talk. We've talked about Karate Kid, so I'll take Johnny Lawrence just to have him on my team, and then I'll be very brief because we've already kind of discussed it a little bit. Okay. All I'll say about Johnny Lawrence is this: he's still kind of the villain of the movie. I know there's this big thing about like who's the real villain. Like he's still kind of the villain of the movie. He still kind of does stuff, 
But I, the thing I like about him is because he's like he's still really cool, and like there's like this complexity with him. With like a, towards the end, you kind of feel a little sorry for him because he's the one kind of trying to tell Crease like, man, we don't need to go after him anymore, you know? Right, we got and him. So, uh, and again, the, just visually of him in the skeleton costume is just to me just like one of the coolest yeah. like eighties yeah. pop culture scenes. My favorite scene in that movie, I think, is when. I want to say it's it's when he gets beat and he's the one that actually hands. I love that. Yeah, no, I love that. that. Like, and that's, and that's what you're talking well, about. Like, he's crying. Yeah, right. by the end. Yep, yeah, by it. the end, he's he's kind of. Um, he's got a redemption arc re- a little bit. Yeah. He's kind of redeemed, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you still don't forget all the crap he did before that, you know. Yeah. But you do realize, like, hey, man, this, this guy is kind of getting it now, you know. Yeah. yeah. And he plays that great. Like he he's kind of a you know he's kind of an ass. But he's also, you know, again, even when you're, and again, I'm just sticking on Karate Kid 1 for the most part because the series has really fleshed this out a lot better. Mm -hmm. But just from that first movie, like just watching it, man, every time he showed up, again, he was the most interesting thing going on on the screen. So that's a testament to him as well. And I love how the actor who plays him, um, we, uh, Zapka, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, William yeah. Zapka. Yep. Yeah, William he's Beck. done such a great job of always being okay with kind of being Johnny Lawrence. He's yep. never tried to shy away from that role. A lot of people who made a big career off of like a role they had when they were a younger star, he's never they shied get, away yeah. from it, and I love that. Well, we talk about it a little bit in the uh, the the high school podcast we do. He plays. He's in yeah. a couple other uh, movies around that time, basically playing the same character. Right. Um, yeah. He's in back to school. He's in just one of the guys. Um, and he's he's that same guy. Right. He's he's the star athlete, you know, whatever sport it is. And he's just an absolute dick to everybody else. Um, but yet, you know, somewhat charming. Right. I mean, listen, we um, we all fell in love with Ali with an eye. And, you know, she wasn't blind to it. Like there had to be some redeeming qualities to Johnny. Right. Outside of him being the best karate guy. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, that only takes you so far. Right, right. So, you know, there, um, there had to be something. All right, so um, Field of Screens, they've got two back-to-back picks, so I'm looking at their list right now. I'm trying to see who's still available. Um, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick this one, and then that will give me some time to kind of figure out who I want for their next one for them. Um because they have one on there, but we, I feel like we've talked about Cardi Kid a lot. Um, all right, I know which two I'm going to pick. All right, so for their um, for their third round pick, I'm going to pick for them the Monstars from Space Jam. Wow. <laughs> so I think we'll all agree that, again, the Monstars were kind of, uh, you know, they kind of redeemed themselves at the end. They're kind yeah. of a product of their... Of their you know, environment, their, yeah. Their boss, yep. you know, but... They were doing damn, it if they were entertaining, man, when they start stealing all those powers. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's my favorite part of the movie, man, is when they go and they, like, steal um, Patrick Ewing right before he takes that free throw. <laughs> yeah, and the 90s had this great... I mean, the 90s had the best, in my opinion, again, I'm you know, that's when I grew up, so I'm biased, but... They did such a great job of like fusing. You know, like right now, we're doing all this crossover stuff, but this was the first like crossover man because it was like Michael Jordan, Looney Tunes. The '90s NBA was like just through the roof in popularity. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, man who loved basketball, it was the best of both worlds. As a kid, it was probably the perfect kid movie that you could have had in the '90s. And like you said, the Monstars, man, what a great squad! I mean, they had height, they had size, they had speed. Oh, they had it all. You know what I'm they saying? Had it they all. were. 
Yeah, they had everything, man. And the, and the the thing about it was is it was honestly a tragedy, you guys, because Charles Barkley had nothing left. Yep. Yeah, dude, he was getting, sad. He was yeah, very those sad. Those kids are calling him a, a has been or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's at the park. Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's my favorite part of that movie. I think now that I've gotten a little older, is just seeing what it did to the players. Like, yep. as soon as they lost their ability to play basketball, they were treated a lot differently. They're going to the they're going to their psychiatrist. What an allegory on. You know, NBA retirement, you know, uh, losing your ability. But no, what? A, yeah, that's a good pick. That's not. That's one I didn't even have on my radar that I'm kind of ashamed I didn't. But yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, good, good pick right there in round three. Yep. All right. So there, I'm just going to go straight down their list. So their fourth one, and this is from the from the Karate Kid franchise. Wow. But okay. this is Chosen, the uh, the villain from Karate Kid 2. Wow. And he's, well, so, and he's, and he's another one. You know, he's another one who is a product of his environment. Um, you know, he is the way he is because of, um, I forget the name of Miyagi's old best friend, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, he kind of, he kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, Billy Zane's character from Titanic. You know how he, when that, when that typhoon's coming and he goes and he hides with all the women (laughs) and children and they ask for help and he won't go help. Like that kind of reminds me of Billy Zane when he's. You know, pretending he's like kidnapping kids so that he can get on a on a raft. On a raft first, yeah. Um, but I do, I do think that that Karate Kid Two, as a whole, for me, that it's the it's the least my least favorite of the series. I agree, but with that. I do like the parts where he's in it because. Well, the stakes are Again, raised, right? He's kind of he's he's a lot like Johnny, but he's more well, he's more men- he's more vicious he, than Johnny. Well, he's more vicious. You know I mean? He's more menacing because you know, as as Miyagi puts at one point in the movie, you know, like this is this isn't for points. This is for life, right? And, right. You know, allegedly the stakes are higher, right? This isn't uh, right. three points. You know, you're only taking three shots to the face, and then you know the tournament's over. Like this is this guy can beat you bloody, right? The only the only negative about him is he does get beat by a drum that they just spin back yeah. back and forth yeah, like that. Yeah, you would that think, was his kryptonite, right? And you would you would think <laughs> you would think somebody trained for his whole life. Yeah, they're like, look, man, I, call me crazy, but I I've been hearing about this uh, drum thing right. that people are doing now. I think we should train again. No, no, no more no, roundhouses, no. more you know, more karate chops. Well, and when you look at the um, the actual like strike, it's just literally like a two handed slap. You know? Oh yeah, it's just two hands just back and forth, and it's like, dude, just put up a right, just put do, a just hand do, just do up. something. I mean, it's right there, or, or just or just he's kind of telegraphing yeah, it, or just dodge it. Right, you see it coming. Yeah, just take one step back. <laughs> and another thing that always uh, that always tripped me out about that movie is he like takes that bridge and throws it, you know, to where there's no bridge. It's, it's three like, feet dude, wide. That's you, three it's feet. Three feet wide. Nobody could jump. Yeah, like, I and know... how deep is that water? Right. Right. <laughs> it looks like it's six inches of water. But anyways, but yeah, so that so that finishes out their squad of uh we'll 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 do a we'll do a finishing thing where we talk about everybody's team real quick. All right, Justin, so your last pick, who you yeah, got after I gotta pick the best team. So after I do that, I really want to talk just real quickly about two honorable mentions, like when we're okay. wrapping up. Is that okay? Yeah. Um because no, these are deep cuts. But I can't believe he's here. We've already talked about this franchise at nauseum, but I can't, I mean, I got to take Apollo Creed, man. I mean, it's like, he he, he's right yeah. there. Yeah. He's right there. Yeah. And I already have clubber, but again, in Rocky one and two, Apollo is, is the guy. that great. He's you love to hate him. Right. 
And Carl Weathers, man, I don't. I, I rewatched um, Predator the other night. I don't think Carl Weathers gets enough credit for being such a pop culture icon for people that grew up with '80s and '90s movies. Like this dude was in some of the biggest movies that we still watch and talk about today. Incredible actor, not Apollo just in them, but a huge, a huge role, role. absolutely. Yeah, right. And Apollo is just the cool, like Rocky. You're always rooting for Rocky, but Apollo is just that. I mean, just the cool, one of the coolest characters in any sports movie. Well, and if you Great look at villain, and if, and, and if you, know. you look at you know you look at his arc through the movies, right? I mean, in the first one, he's just this, you know, I'm better than you, like you know, there's nothing to it. Um, but then by the second movie. He doesn't want to fight him initially because he knows that Rocky, you know, almost went the distance. So he has to be convinced basically to fight him because people are calling him, you know, calling him out for not not having a second fight. And then for him. And that's the great. Okay. Yeah. And and that's the and that's the great scene in number two is he's sitting there with his people in his meeting. Yeah. And he's saying like, man, I got to I got to beat them. And they're like, they're like, man. And uh, he, he wants because he said he's like, I didn't beat him. He said, I won, but I didn't beat him. Right. Yeah. And his guys are basically saying, and my favorite part of that Rocky two, I feel like, is when his, the guy in the corner is just like, he just kept coming back. Like, yeah. you don't need this. <laughs> yeah. he's, like, he's like, you don't need that kind of trouble, right. Apollo. He's like, he kept coming back at you. And that just says everything you need to know about the Rocky franchise is like, and, and that's, I loved how Rocky two really fleshed out Apollo. And then of, of course we already talked about Rocky three yeah. with Apollo, but yeah, just, you know, still a villain to start out, but what, what a great core, what a great character that could have been fizzled out, but they loved him enough that they put him in all, you know, the first four movies. Yeah. All right. So with my last pick, I've got, I got some decisions to make, so I can either go with someone that I think is really well known or I can go with someone that to me is truly vile but maybe not as well-known as other people. So I think I'm going to go with the second route because, you know, I want my team to be, I kind of want my team to be vile. If I'm thinking, if I'm you're like the eighties Pistons. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I'm going for. So I don't know this guy's name because I didn't look it up, but it's the stepdad from rookie of the year. Yes. My God. So I'm just going to put stepdad and I'll know what that means. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you go on this one, Chris, but I have a, what a great pick in the fourth so, step, so the stepdad, first of all, you know that he's a sleazeball from <laughs> from the get the first from the jump. You see him. From the jump, you know. He's a yeah, ball. so he's buying uh, he's buying um, the kid's mom all this jewelry and all this stuff, and then once he, I don't know how it comes about, but he becomes uh, Roaring Gardner's agent, Henry Roaring Gardner's agent. Right. So the big scene is he's basically selling this kid to the Yankees. Like he, yeah. he he goes behind the family's back and trades this kid to the freaking Yankees. And uh and the kid's like, no, I wanna I wanna go play. He's like, look here you little shit <laughs> You're gonna go drink that Pepsi in front of that camera and then you're gonna go play for the damn Yankees. Yep. And he, uh I just think if you're thinking like truly diabolical, yep. it doesn't get much di- more diabolical. Well and he's another one, right? And, he's and, another one like we talked about with Bud Kilmer. Like he's just Henry yeah. Rungartner is just a means to an end, right? He's just yeah. he's just this this dude's lottery ticket. And I think that's what's great about a kid's sports movie is like a lot of these movies did that from the 90s is that they made, and I'm sure other uh, decades too, but like they made it to where like you have like these sub-villains. So like, you know, one of the other villains in that movie is the big hitter from the Yankees. Yep. Yeah. But like Mets, it's actually the Mets. The Mets. The Mets. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you had that. 
and then like just the whole idea, but like then you still had that real life villain. You know, yeah. these kids always had something that they had. Like you know, Angels in the Outfield kind of had that same type of thing, where like you know it wasn't necessarily a villain, but they were dealing with like real issues of like you know foster care and stuff like that. Same with Rookie of the Year, like having a stepdad. I'm fortunate enough; I haven't you know parents are still together, but I can only imagine like having your stepfather. Who really hadn't spent much time with you? He's not even his stepfather yet. They're he's not, not even the stepdad, man. And he's selling, and he's taking the profit. He's selling you to the Yankees. Yeah, yep. that's probably, probably instead of stepdad, I need to just put mom's boyfriend. Yeah. And real quick, we just talked. I know it's not the villain, but Daniel Stern in that movie. So, oh, yeah. fantastic! I just, every time we talk rookie there, I gotta, gotta, like, gotta give him a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, let's go. Great pick in the fourth round. That's it. That I could see that guy being. He he's going to do the dirty work for you. Yep. He's going to do the behind the scenes stuff for you. Great yep. pick right there. Yep. Thank you. So yeah, so it turns out uh, the guy who I thought wasn't, or I, so we knew right, we knew Iceland wasn't going to be there, but who I thought mm-hmm. was going to be here at number four, Judge Smales, Caddyshack. Oh, uh, okay. Um, you know he's just, and you know I'm a huge Caddyshack fan, um, but. Uh, you know, he's just, he's, he's rich, but he's cheap. Um, you know, he has no respect for the rules. He, <laughs> he cheats every chance he gets. Um, you know, his biggest, like he hates Rodney Dangerfield because he's not as buttoned up and as formal yet, you know, he turns around and, um, does all these, you know, these, these behind the back and, and, and dirty things to try to get him out of the club and it ends up biting him in the ass. Um, yeah, but you know, he's another one that's just super over the top. Um, but, uh, you know, just some of the, the lines in that movie, I mean, he's trying to, he's trying to bribe Danny, the, the, the groundskeeper, or the, the, the caddy, um, you know, with the scholarship, um, you know, trying to get him to throw the, the, um, the tournament yeah, at the to, end, right? Yeah. Which means nothing. Right. Right. <laughs> And just the little moments of him like moving his ball in a better right, line. exactly. Like, you know, right, like just, little moments like that just kind of says everything about that. You said it best. He's rich, but he's cheap. Yeah. Or him you know? getting so mad at uh, Dangerfield that he chunks his <laughs> uh, driver or whatever it is into the freaking picnic area. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great pick, especially in the fourth round. That was on my. That was on my. Almost took them in the or took him in the third round. Yeah. But once it got to. Coming back, I was like, I, I gotta take, I gotta take, I gotta take. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, that was a, that was definitely a good pick. So let's um, let's so th- these are our teams. So Lusto, you've got Ivan Drago, Bud Kilmer, Team Iceland, and Judge Smells. My team is Shooter McGavin, Spike, Chong Lee, and Mom's boyfriend from Rookie of the Year. Justin, you've got Ernie McCracken, Clubber Lang, Johnny Lawrence, and Apollo Creed. And Team um, Rocky, right there. Field of Screens has got Crease. White Goodman, the Monstars, and Chosen from Karate Kid Two. So quickly, just name one. Uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but name one team that you kind of wanted on your team, but they just there just wasn't enough spots. Uh, Lusto, you go first. You mean from, from from the folks that have already been picked, or like no 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 uh, no, just like oh, oh maybe like an honorable mention okay, one yeah, that yeah. didn't get picked. sure. So uh, I was actually uh, between Judge Smales and. Um, what is her name? Rachel Phelps. Is it Phelps from uh, Major League? The uh, the lady who owns the oh uh, yeah the lady, who, the lady who owns the team, but she's like trying to make yeah. them tank so that she can you know get rid of it. Move to Miami. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. Uh, Justin, who, which one? I got I got two, and I'm just going to quickly touch on them. One was Dr. Rick from a very underseen cheerleading movie called Fired Up. I still consider that. I did that. not even think about that, but that would not have been a bad pick. Listen, that movie is not very great, but I'm telling no. you, I'd be lying if I told you I haven't watched it 20 times because of Dr. Rick. Dude, we've got to do an episode where we talk about great characters from bad movies and yeah. he is definitely he is if you haven't seen it that's what i even think about you, re- up as you really need to watch it just for his point he's so good man he's yeah. so funny um one of my favorite lines is chumbawamba the soundtrack to my life i mean it's just it's that good and then really quick this is another deep cut so my other one is happy from blue chips like jt walsh i mean like he if you don't recognize the name i had to look it up but like Great character actor from the 80s and 90s was always playing this type of character, but we talked about kind of that snake oil salesman type guy. If you haven't seen Blue Chips, like he's just such a great villain in that. He's one of those villains that we talked about with these other guys. He's not really a villain in the sense that he's he never he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. Like no. he's just doing he's just trying to get the or he knows he knows he's doing it wrong, but everybody else does it. So yeah, and again a, another character that we talked about of like there's definitely a lot of people like that in the college oh, athletics, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. So sure. um. So my pick would be, and this is one that's kind of borderline sports movie or not, but the Germans from Beer Fest. Oh yeah, the team. So I just thought I don't know. I, I thought that would be kind Beer of Beer Fest is sports. Yeah, I would. I would consider uh, yeah, that a sports. But, uh, kind of a sports. Yeah, movie. I, I almost picked them oh, as my wow. last pick, but, um, but yeah, just that they're kind of one of those things where like every time you you they're on the thing, they're on the screen. You're like, oh, you're like waiting for because I mean they're just happened, so yeah. such funny people. Yeah, uh, Eric Christian like Olsen is yeah, uh, is a so guy that is he's fantastic. Yeah, he really is, and, and he's uh, been playing a high schooler. We talked about fired up. Oh yeah, he's thirty. He was like thirty eight, and he was playing a high schooler, and you yeah. didn't really make Couldn't that really big really of a deal him. about right. it. You, yeah, you, yeah, you didn't you didn't bash your eyes at it for sure. Yeah. All right, so um, one pick that they had that I was kind of surprised didn't um, didn't get picked by anyone is uh, Jean Girard from Talladega Nights. He was he was almost took him round four. Yep, yeah, he was he was on my my list for my short list for round four. Okay, All right, guys, we'll uh, so that'll wrap it up, and um, we're gonna post the uh, the uh, results online, and we'll see whose squad y'all like the best. Thanks, uh, Lusto and Justin, for joining me doing this. Hopefully, we can do it again soon. Um, and we got to get that Rocky. We got to get Lusto on for Rocky oh, yeah, Three. We, I mean, we've been talking about that for a, yeah. for a while. Lusto, let's go. Let's go one solid hour where we're just talking Rocky Three. Dude, I, could, I could just talk about the scene where Rocky is training in that like hotel, yeah, lobby. Yep. And then Clubber Lane is like, he's in a. You know he's he's in a basement somewhere. Right. Well, and he's yeah, he's doing right. well, and he's doing like he's uh, Clever Lang's doing like pull ups on like the rafter of like yeah, the, you know of the of the basement and Rocky's basically it's like a circus. Yeah. So if you want to hear us for an hour talk about the first five minutes where we see the Rocky slot machine, I mean it's basically the, like we talked about in in uh, in Rocky <laughs> Four how it had two of the best montages. That's probably like the worst montage, you know. Um, yeah. It's just, I mean, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's obviously on purpose just to show, um, you know, and not to give too much away before we do the podcast, but, um, you know, how much Mick had been, um, kind of shielding Rocky from real competition. Yeah. yeah that's one we're going to just have to go deep on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, so much. Sure. Well guys, thanks again. And, uh, if you like the show, let us know, uh, what you thought of our picks and, uh, make sure you subscribe and, you know, let us know how we're doing. So, Thanks again, and we will see you next time. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks.